Every year, compliance regulations change thousands of times. And every year, ADP makes thousands of seamless platform updates so businesses can focus on everything else, like running their business. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Welcome to Wellness Talk. Hope everybody's doing well this week. This is your host, George Batista. Wellness Talk, as always, is a show that goes over the latest news in health, healing, nutrition, fitness, alternative medicine, everything we can do to hopefully live a longer and a happier and healthier life using um, more natural or alternative approaches. Everyone is invited to listen into this show, whether you're an Olympic athlete, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're just getting into fitness, or if you're dealing with some health issues and you want to see if you can find some tips on how to improve them, hopefully we can give you some good tips this week. As always, this show is brought to you for entertainment or educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. And it is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any illnesses. So please always speak with your healthcare practitioner if you want to make major changes in your health and lifestyle. These articles that I go over today, as always, go on Facebook. The, um, the page is facebook.com forward slash wellness talk. And there you can ask me some questions if you like. Or read the articles for yourselves. Uh, usually they're backed up by pretty good science. And you can always also um, ask me any questions on my page, which is um, georgebatista.com. And if you want to do consulting with me, which I do as well, you can uh, get some information on that there. Okay. So we're going to start off this week uh, with some pretty good articles. Uh, the first one is from wellness resources and this is byron richards you know those of you who listen to the show know i get a lot of my information from him uh and he's just very knowledgeable and i've uh, studied uh, a lot of his uh, materials so i hope i can uh, share them as well as he does uh anyway <clears throat> this is from um again wellness resources it's called a stunning antiviral properties of grape seed extract well Grape seed extract, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, is an excellent compound. It's actually found in red wine. It's found in grapes. It's found in a lot of different types of fruits, 
and things like that because it's actually they're polyphenols that are that are found in there but it's mainly in uh, you know red wine and grapes and things like that so the new i'm going to quote this here the new research shows that grapeseed extract damages the coating on viruses thereby preventing it from adhering to cells and infecting them so what they found here is that they did a study regarding uh regarding nanoviruses and they and they basically used grapeseed extract uh to kind of counteract these nanoviruses and they found that the the grapeseed extract was actually uh, was able to stop uh the nanovirus from actually replicating that and it actually nanoviruses you know they usually cause ha- at least half of the foodborne illnesses in the United States each year and they found that even low dose exposure to grapeseed extract deformed a variety of viruses rendering rendering them too damaged to even take uh you know to even go into effect this is interesting because if you think about it there are so many foodborne viruses that are happening on a regular basis and you know there's you know a lot of times people get hospitalized or even you know you know sometimes even uh are really really get very very sick from from these types of things and and it's not just foodborne viruses it could be all different types of viruses but grapeseed extract has been shown to to inhibit not only these things but all the other different types of things as well for example grapeseed extract uh again for those of you who don't know uh it has it has all these different types of compounds uh that are known as polyphenols which are excellent uh in that and it also has proanthocyanidins which are uh, excellent as well and grapeseed extract has been shown in the past to uh to be great for circulation it changes the number of metabolic signals towards reducing risk of cardiovascular disease it's been proved it's shown to be proven to um help the 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 very key inflammatory signals um such as tumor necrosis factor alpha interleukin 6 it's been proven as a to act at the uh, gene transcription level to help uh clear cholesterol clear triglycerides um it helps to um also it helps regarding the gene signal known as nf kappa b and it just provides great cellular protection against all different types of things and scientists in the past now have actually worked on grapeseed extract as as far as using it even uh regarding cancer and university of colorado did that as well they um they found that it actually can be beneficial in the war on cancer so uh this is just a, the newest study that shows that um it can protect against different types of nanoviruses and it's it's very good so those of you who are you know drinking your you know red wine on a regular basis and you know i i i don't have an issue with red wine at all i mean i drink red wine occasionally it's just obviously the overconsumption of it is is where you i think it turns from more from a benefit into a problem but i think if you you know drink red wine here and there it actually can be beneficial cuz it's been shown but those those of you who are also eating your grapes or getting your grapeseed extract in your supplements you're doing yourself a great um you know you 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 having some good benefits through that and um you know i suggest always you know to try to get your grapes in you know organically if at all possible but uh 
you know, again, the, you, you're going to get more. You're going to get more of the compound, obviously, if you get it in more of a supplement form. Let's say, uh, <clears throat> you know, through the extracts and things like that. So, you know, you get them in powdered form or in supplement form is good. But, you know, you're, you're either way. Um, those of you who are consuming them on a regular basis are are going to get those. You know, going to get some benefit from them. So, this is just a good study. It's it's antiviral. And um, I, I hope a lot more studies uh, come out uh, regarding that. Okay, next we're going to talk about, uh, this is from Life Extension. <clears throat> we're going to talk about insufficient vitamin D levels associated with uh, knee arthritis pain. Now, vitamin D, again, I talk about vitamin D a lot because I think it's one of the super, super nutrients of the body. And... Um, it's it's becoming more and more important as the years go on because people are realizing that a lot of the illnesses out there, including arthritis, um, are as a result of low vitamin D levels. Or low vitamin D levels can contribute to to problems as far as inflammation. Now, vitamin D in and of itself, obviously you get vitamin D from the sun and you get it at your highest levels from the sun. So obviously sun exposure is the number one way you want to get it. In the wintertime, when you're not exposed to the sun on a regular basis, then if you can supplement it, that's that's even better. Um, you know, I always suggest, you know, 2,000 up to 5,000 milligrams. But again, you want to get your vitamin D levels tested first from your doctor to see where you are. And to cheat, you could try to get yourself in the middle or to the high, in the middle of the normal range, up to the high normal range if you can. Now, vitamin D, we know, um, is kind of it it it's basically uh, besides synthesizing you know most of the hormones in your body which is what it does and and it uses cholesterol for that but it's also kind of puts the lid on the um, on the stress response of your immune system so basically your immune each you know everybody's immune system has a certain tolerance that it can deal with when it comes to inflammation when it comes to stress when it comes to all these different types of things so vitamin d what it does is it it kind of um, it tells you where your immune system tolerance is, how much your immune your, your immune system can tolerate before it overheats and becomes you know and and starts to uh, basically throw out an inflamed response. So you know, for example, in the wintertime, if you're supplementing with vitamin D and you've got your vitamin D up to a good level. You know, you know that you're, you know, if you're exposed to, you know, obviously during the winter you're exposed to all different types of illnesses, and you're you're exposed to the flu, you're exposed to other people who are sick, and if you see that you're not catching that, it's a good it's a good chance that your immune system is doing well, but also that your vitamin D levels are up to snuff, and that's good because that's saying that your vitamin D levels are able to. Uh, help your immune system tolerate high stress from whatever it is. So that's kind of what the, you know, besides other things, obviously, but that's one of the things that the vitamin D is really important for. Well, now in going back to this article, it's showing that, and I'm quoting here, this is a findings from the University of Florida reported on November 7, 2012, the journal Arthritis and Rheumatism. They suggested a protective effect of vitamin D levels against knee osteoarthritis pain. Now, what was interesting here is, and, and one of the reasons I cited this is because they actually measured it because they found that it was, this was greater in African Americans compared to those of European ancestry. 
So basically, what they're saying is that that uh, well, I'll go through this a little bit here, but it says that 45 African American and 49 Caucasian people between 45 and 71 years of age with osteoarthritis. Now, osteoarthritis, just so you know, it's it's different than rheumatoid arthritis. Osteoarthritis, um, for the most part, is from wear and tear. Uh, as you get older, you you can be more susceptible to it. It's inflammation in the joints. Um, now, you know, it's different, obviously, than rheumatoid arthritis, which is more of the immune system attacking its own joints, where osteoarthritis is more of like a, a wearing and a tearing of the of uh, of the joints where it can, you know, it can become really painful. There's inflammation that sets in and all those types of things. Well, um, anyway, so it, it's saying here that they followed... Uh, Again, it was 45 uh, African-American and 49 Caucasian people between 45 and 71 years of age with osteoarthritis of the knee, completed questionnaires concerning knee symptoms, and underwent tests of heat and mechanical pain sensitivity. Uh, Blood samples were collected at the time of testing and were analyzed for serum uh, um, 25 hydroxy vitamin D levels. Okay, now, this is what they reported. While half of the Caucasian participants had vitamin D levels that were lower than 30 nanograms, okay, uh, these insufficient levels occurred in 84% of the African Americans. Uh, you know, the average Caucasian vitamin D levels were 28, uh, in contrast with the African Americans were 19. So they show that the African Americans actually had less vitamin D uh, levels for the most part than the, the Caucasian uh, um, Americans. And then, therefore, they had, uh, you know, they had, uh, you know, they had more pain and so on and so forth. But they're finding that when they brought their, when they, you know, they're finding that, you know, when they bring their vitamin D levels up, then they're, they're, they have less pain, which is very interesting. So, you know, again, you want to get these things tested. So, um but it says here on the bottom, especially, and this was a uh, quote, our data demonstrates that differences in experimental pain sensitivity between the two races are mediated at least in part by variations in vitamin D levels. So, again, this is, you know, this is interesting um, that either way, whatever, you know, race you are, you want to get your vitamin D levels up no matter what. Um, and again, get them tested by your doctor and see where you are. You want to try to get into the middle of the normal range. I mean, people, they're having people that use up to 5,000 IUs of vitamin Ds, of vitamin D during the wintertime. Um, those of you who are more susceptible to illness and, and, um, and all different types of inflammation during the winter or you, or you tend to get colds very easily, things like that, you definitely want to get your vitamin D levels checked because this is very important for you because it can mean the difference between your immune system getting overheated and getting, uh, you know, getting uh, something, whether a cold or a flu or those types of things in the wintertime uh, versus not getting them <laughs> pretty much. I mean, vitamin D is that powerful. Vitamin D is that strong. And I always stress that, you know, I make sure that my vitamin D levels are up to the to at least, you know, the higher ranges because, you know, I was one of those in the past that were susceptible to, you know, bronchitis and, and those type and, and viral infections on a regular basis. Um, but when I, but I, I realized back in those days that when I didn't have, I didn't, I really wasn't taking supplemental vitamin D. And once I did started to take supplemental vitamin D and I really got my immune system up, 
um, everything changed. And I, I could be in a room with, with people who were sick and, and later realize that I just did not get sick. I was, I would not get sick when I was, you know, after being exposed to them. And I, you know, I know I was exposed to them. They were sneezing, they were coughing and all these things and, you know, around me. And I know those germs were in the air and I know, you know, I was inhaling some of them and I would not get sick. So there was a huge difference. And obviously that was not the only thing I did. I did a lot of, you know, I did a lot of things to change myself, but I mainly what I did was I figured out, okay, what, what do I need to do to change, uh, to change the inflammation status in my body, to change the fact that, uh, I was, you know, I was getting sick a lot during the winter and, and, you know, it was knocking me down for, for many days. So I, I started to realize these things and I started to, you know, I got my levels tested. I started to, you know, um, just check myself on a regular basis and, and, and tweak it. And I tweaked it to the point now where I pretty much have a really good formula going where I know that pretty much I'm not going to get sick. Or if, even if I do start to feel like something's coming along, I know, I, I know the best way to fight it to get rid of it right away. And, and you know when you're doing well is when even when something comes and you may get a scratchy tro- throat or you may get a little bit of something here and there, then it goes away. Your immune system is dealing with it. So, again, whether you're dealing with arthritis or whether you're dealing with colds and flu or whatever, vitamin D can help either way. So take a look at that and um, know that um, you're, you're doing yourselves good because at the end of the day, vitamin D not only is going to help with that, but remember, you have to remember that inflammation is one of the biggest drivers of illness right now. Okay, uh, inflammation, and part of that inflammation is from deficiencies, deficiencies in vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, uh, you name it. Okay, you have to remember that when you're taking a, when you're taking a pill, or when you're taking an over-the-counter medication, or you're taking an aspirin or a Tylenol, that you're not taking that aspirin or Tylenol because you're deficient in that. You're taking that aspirin or Tylenol because you want to stop your, your current symptoms. But your current symptoms are as a result of your body telling you that it's trying to fight off whatever it is that's inside it. That's what those symptoms mean. So basically all you're doing is you're, you're stopping symptoms, but you're not getting rid of the initial... You're not letting your body do what it needs to do to get rid of the initial infection. And the way you do that is by doing it from a, uh, you know, from a nutritional point of view as best as possible. Um, if you can, you know, obviously, obviously if you're, you know, to the point where, you know, it's, you're, it's, it's becoming a grave situation, obviously you, you, you go to the hospital, you go to your doctor, you make sure that they're, you know, they're going to help you in whatever they need to do. But if you're someone who knows you can, you can handle it, basically, and you've handled it before, you make sure you can do it, you know, as best as possible with nutrition, get your vitamin D levels up, get your vitamin C levels up, and um, and make sure you're getting enough rest. And uh, hopefully you can uh, you can help. But this is anyway. I'm getting off track here, but this is uh, very good news for vitamin D and people who suffer with arthritis pain. So those of you you know with arthritis pain, get your levels tested, and um, and then see where you are and see. Hopefully vitamin D can help you out. Okay. All right. Um, now we're going to talk about um, those of you who are, uh, you know, who work out a lot and, and you know, who want to build more muscle mass. Um, we're going to talk about, this is from Wellness Times, this is three supplements to help 
build muscle mass. And when I, I mean, I, I, we're, we're probably not really going to talk about, you know, competitive, you know, competitive bodybuilding here because that's a whole nother ball game, but we're going to talk about strength training. We're going to talk about building muscle mass because building muscle mass is very important, especially as you get older, you want to make sure that you are, um, have enough muscle mass on you to, because if, if you, if you, if you get your muscles uh, working properly and you build them up and you keep them at good levels, you're you're really gonna you're really going to um, affect a whole bunch of things in your body, including high blood pressure, including diabetes. You're gonna you're gonna help to prevent a lot of that stuff. Or if you ha- you're dealing with a lot of that, you're gonna bring those. You, you, it's gonna have an effect on those. Put it that way. Okay. So as you get older, remember you lose muscle mass. You know when you get you're, when you're getting into your 50s and 60s, you're losing you start losing muscle mass at a very high rate. And um, so you want to keep those going. But anyway, these are things that can help you. Um, so we're going to talk about the top three supplements. Now, the person here who who who, uh, uh, who um, does this article, obviously they, they're talking about a multivitamin, and a good multivitamin is, is great because you're going to get a lot of your nutrients from that. You're going to get you know, just uh, the whole general spectrum of nutrients that you need. But let's talk about specifics. First one is fish oil. Why fish oil? Well, a study published in February 2011 of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition showed that the omega-3 fatty acids found in fish oil boosted muscles' ability to synthesize protein and thus increase their size. So now... And this noting that decrease of muscle size is problematic in the elderly, the researchers gave 16 men and women aged 65 and older either corn oil or fish oil, containing 1.68, 1.86 grams of either omega-3 and 1.5 grams of the omega-3 DHA uh, daily for eight weeks. Measurements show that the fish oil group had better muscle protein synthesis than the corn oil group. And overall, the study offers compelling evidence of an interaction of omega-3 fatty acids and protein metabolism in human muscles. So obviously, number one, you want protein. So protein, I think, is, you know, if you're building muscles, you need protein. You need adequate protein because your body needs that protein to get into the muscle and to start the rebuilding process. You got to remember that when you ingest protein, your liver activates at least by up to 30%. Then you get this whole process of taking apart the protein and putting it back together using the amino acids that are created to build those muscles up. That's what you want to do. Okay, That's what you want. So you want adequate protein. But this, this, this study showing that fish oil can help the protein synthesis um, to a greater level. So you got to remember that fish oil not only helps with inflammation because it does, it helps your heart and helps your brain, but it also helps with metabolism of protein. So this is very important. So this is very good uh, as far as um, the fish oil. Now, number two, of course, is the protein powder. So we have number one is fish oil. Number two is a protein powder. Now, you have, you know, this is where you get a lot of, you know, back and forth. You get a lot of controversy from protein powders, people saying, take this one, take that one. I don't really, you know, my approach is um, there are, you know, there are differences and, and some people can use certain ones, other people can use them. I don't say use one specific one. I say use whatever is best for you because there's there's pros and cons to each. 
Okay, now my my take on this is the most bio the, and people have asked me this before. The most bioavailable protein is whey protein. Okay, that is that is pretty much factual. Um, it <clears throat> it's picked up by your cells very quickly. It's metabolized very quickly, and it's you know it's utilized extremely quickly, probably better than any other protein. Now, along with that. You always have you do have the issue with you know um, allergic reactions. The many people who are allergic to uh, who are lactose intolerant, or allergic to different types of things like casein and all those types of things may not want to take whey protein. It's up to you know again, it's up to the person. In that case, you may want to go with a brown rice protein or a hemp or seed protein, a hemp seed protein. Uh, those types they can be just as effective. They don't work as fast. But they can be very effective. So, now here's another interesting study regarding the proteins. Here, a new study was presented at the American College of Sports Medicine meeting in May that found that a blend of proteins is more effective than just whey protein powder for building muscles. The researchers reported that a powder that was 50% casein, 25% whey, and 25% soy extended the release time of amino acids to the muscles post-exercise, which increased the body's anabolic window. Now, I'm going to throw something in there. Uh, I don't necessarily advocate soy protein, necessarily. Not that soy in and of itself is bad, okay? I, th- I actually am not an anti-soy person. Um, I do believe that most of the soy out there is genetically modified, so unless you get a certain amount, a certain soy that is not... It can be problematic. Number two, if you're dealing with a um, if you're dealing with an issue um, of thi- you know a thyroid problem, you do not want to be taking soy, okay? Because soy is not you know not something that um, is very good for the thyroid. I personally would stick with either a whey protein and or a um, a uh, a brown rice protein. Those are those would be my top two. Um, if I had a pick, I personally use brown rice protein, um, and um, it's been very effective for me. You know, I do some strength training, and um, and and it's been very effective. So, again, you know, you have to you you have to really see what's best for you. But um, those are the ones that I would recommend, and there are great brands out there to, that don't have anything genetically modified. They don't have any garbage in them. They're straightforward. And any protein that does not list the the amount of amino acids on it, I would be very weary of it. You know, because you you go to vitamin shop and you see all you see these hundreds of different types of egg and protein, anabolic proteins, all these different types of things on there, and you don't know what to pick. You have to go with the simple ones, really, because there's a lot of stuff out there that has a lot of junk in it. You don't you want to stay away from that because it can do more harm than good. Get yourself a really good whey protein or a really good uh, brown rice protein or hemp or seed protein, and again, I have uh, many recommendations on those. Um, so, you know, if you want to ask me any questions, feel free. The third one, the third uh, um, nutrient that helps to increase muscle size is carnitine. Now, we're going to uh, carnitine, uh, and it shows here that researchers show that amino acids increase. Uh, research shows that this amino acid, you know, carnitine, is an amino acid that that uh, increases the body's sensitivity to both insulin and androgen, a hormone that helps muscles recover more quickly so you can exercise more frequently. So carnitine actually 
definitely helps in, in recovery. It's 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 very effective. And in a study published in, in February 2011 in the Journal of, Psych, uh, of Physiology, 14 male triathletes uh, took either a placebo or 2 grams of carnitine twice a day for 24 weeks. Researchers found the carnitine group boosted their performance on exercise tests by 11% and increased the glucose metabolism that helped build muscle. So again, carnitine, very, very important and help and and the studies are showing to help build muscle mass. So you have fish oil, you have your protein powder, and you have carnitine. Three excellent things that you can use to help build muscle mass. And then obviously you want to when you're building your muscles, you want to be very careful, you want to do them in a right way. And that leads me to this next to this next article. Uh this is going to be the last one for this week. And the reason why I bring this up to make more of a point um <clears throat> This article is from Natural News by Jonathan Landsman. It talks about uh, those of you who know, you know, my show very well. You know that I am I am an advocate of yoga. I've been practicing yoga for the last fifteen years. I, I also am a yoga instructor, and it talks about poor exercise habits increase your risk for spinal injuries. But it talked about yoga here very, and and this is I, and I'm bringing this up to make a like I said to make a point. Now, here's what it says here. It talks about the dark side of power yoga classes, and I'm going to have my pros and cons to this. Um, st- statistics suggest that as many as 30 to 40% of people doing yoga get some type of injury. In fact, according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, 13,000 people went to the emergency room between 2004-2007 reporting yoga in, um, injuries. So... Um, this is very important. The reason why is because uh, when I started to do yoga back then, I came from a you know a very athletic background. I was uh, you know playing baseball, football, all different types of sports. I did a lot of strength training, uh, a fair amount of bodybuilding when I was younger, and I had that mentality. And I was. Um, you know, I worked out very hard and, you know, I, I gained a lot of weight. I'm a thin guy by, just by nature, I'm, I have a very, you know, fast metabolism, very thin. So it was, it was a lot harder for me to gain weight. But anyway, when I started yoga, I I approached yoga almost like a strength, uh, almost the way I approached strength training. I, you know, it was, I, I really didn't listen to my body too much. I, I, I first of all, I threw myself into the one of the hardest yogas you can get, you know, power yoga and ashtanga yoga, and I, I, you know, I was, I thought it was a very macho way to do it because that's just where I was coming from, and um, I just started doing that. Now, here's where I didn't practice with any practitioner. I practiced with DVDs, and I just did it myself. And I, you know, now I was coming from a background where I had sports-related injuries in my back. And um, I figured yoga, yoga could help me. And what ended up happening was I started to overdo it. I started practicing yoga every day and trying to twist myself into all these postures. And my mindset wasn't right for it. And what ended up, what ended up happening was the first year or two I started doing yoga, I actually got more injured. Uh, my back started hurting more. I started to uh, I started to create more inflammation, and it started working against me. And I didn't know why. And my first inclination was, well, this yoga is is, is not doing is not doing what it's what everybody says it does. 
And then I started to do more research on it. And I started to go to classes and I started to talk to instructors and I started to realize that my mindset for this was completely wrong. I was pushing myself and I was pushing my body where I shouldn't have because you don't, you know, you know, your body comes with all these different experiences in it. Your body comes with different injuries, different experiences, life experiences, and everybody's going to be different. And when you go to a yoga class, you see somebody in a pretzel position, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you have to be in that position. You can get the benefits of, of modifying that. And that was not my mentality. I ended up injuring myself more. So I literally, I had to stop doing yoga for a while to kind of heal myself, to go back to yoga, to have a completely different mindset. And what did I do? I started off slowly. I started to modify the postures. I started to breathe correctly because that's not what I was doing. And I started to, um, I started to do that in a way that it literally it started to help my back, and my back pain started to go away. And I realized that you you have that's the way you have to approach it. You can't just throw yourself into something like this where you really don't know what you're doing. Uh, you know, and it, this is a mistake that a lot of people make. And therefore, now, here's here's what it what it says here. It talks about the dark side of power yoga classes. And I and what I'm disagreeing with this article is that it it talks about yoga in and of itself as the problem, or the power yoga classes, or the ashtanga yoga class, or vinyasa yoga classes, which are the harder yoga classes, the more active ones, as the problem. No, that's not the problem because I can show you, including myself, I can show you a lot of people who take these yoga classes on a regular basis and do fine. And they're very healthy and they're very happy and they have no issues and they do very well in this yoga class. It's the people that take these yoga classes who want to be Superman or Superwoman and they don't listen to their own bodies. They don't listen to the teachers. They don't study with qualified teachers and they hurt themselves. That's the problem. And you can you can equate this to anything. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be strength training. There are people out there who lift heavy weights, who pull muscles and tendons and mess up their joints. There are people out there who are running, who are running the wrong way. And they end up with shin splints. They end up with, with heel problems. They end up with knee problems. I mean, a good majority of people end up with arthritis from running. They're messing themselves up because they're not running correctly. They don't know... Literally, you have to. There's a way to run that is that is um, less stressful on your joints and your body in general. So, my my disagreement on this is not is not and is not you know I, I agree that you, you know you that that yes people can hurt themselves but it's not the it's not the thing itself it's not the exercise itself it's the person and the way they're performing it and that's where my my issue. Uh, comes with us now it says here that conscious breathing is a powerful way to connect with our deeper selves but it is important that we do it in a way that supports our natural breathing process i completely agree with that so if dog people made dog food it wouldn't be sold in a 50 pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish it would actually be food it would be made with real fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value you know like food the farmer's dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh healthy food try the farmer's dog and get fresh pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs tell us about your dog build your plan and get 50 percent off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen that's thefarmersdog.com slash listen Yes, when you're doing your yoga 
For example, you know, just taking yoga, for example, you want to do you want to you want to do your yoga and you want to follow the way your natural your body naturally uh, moves. And many of the yoga postures do that. So you have to know what you're getting into and you have to, um, again, study it. And, and, and uh, you know, my suggestion would be if you're starting out with yoga, don't do it the way I did it. <laughs> Unless you're starting out with a very easy, gentle form. But if you're going to start out with a more active form, take some classes, work with a, work with a qualified instructor and get it done the right way. Know how to do it the right way. Now, I'm not saying to not push yourself. Yes, you can push yourself a little bit, but it's, it's, you, you can push yourself in a way where you're listening to your body. If you feel pain anywhere, if you feel discomfort anywhere, then you know that's your body telling you, no, you're going too far. You have to pull back. And again, this is with any exercise, any exercise. So, you know, I would rather start slow and build on that then start fast and hurt myself and not be able to do it because you can hurt yourself to the point where you can't do the exercise again. And I thought I was at that point. And it took me it took me a year or two to get my body and my back and everything back to the form that it was before so I can so I can do my practice again. So that's just my philosophy on the situation. Um, but again, this is a this is a good article. Um, and it and it just brings out a point to all this that you have to know what you're doing. Okay, so that's my little uh, rant on this uh, subject. Anyway, I hope you guys got some uh, good information from this. Um, other than that, I will see everyone next week, and I hope everyone has a great week. Take care of yourselves and be well. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. 